podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide Uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become Uncommon. What's up, USG fam? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and I'm very excited to welcome Grand Canyon University's Vice President of Athletics, Jamie Boggs, onto the podcast today. Jamie has been in her role as the VP of Athletics since August of 2021 and is the first female to serve in the role at GCU. Prior to her position at Grand Canyon, Jamie spent six years at Duke University working in compliance and a little over three years at Georgia State University as Senior Associate Athletics Director and Chief Operating Officer. Jamie, thanks so much for hopping on the podcast with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, Jamie, it's a blessing. And, you know, I love your story, Jamie, because you studied psychology at the University of San Diego and then got your law degree from the University of Arizona. It would seem to many outsiders and to myself, just looking at your educational resume, that college athletics was not necessarily where you were trending. How did you eventually end up pursuing a career in college athletics? Yeah, you know, I grew up in Phoenix. And when, when you grew up here, especially at the time that I was here, everyone was a diehard Phoenix Suns fan. So we were all, all just into the Phoenix Suns and mm. it, I mean, the whole town. And so it's what I kind of grew up doing with my family, watching a lot of sports. And so really my love for sports came from the pro world and, and, mm. and being here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And um, even when I first started in the industry, um, I worked in, in in pro sports. I So I was an intern with Chicago White Sox for a couple of years, for two seasons. I was uh, worked with the Orlando Magic. And my first job out of law school was with a um, sports agency. So I had been in uh, pro sports, but it just didn't have the impact that I was seeking. Hmm. Um, my heart wasn't in the into it, and that's when I really started looking at college college sports. Which um, at the time I was living on the east, and you know, in that whole southern region of the country, college sports is huge. Hmm. And I started to really get into college sports. So um, I saw an opportunity at Duke University. Being a basketball fan, obviously I was hmm. a Phoenix Suns fan, but I was a basketball yeah. fan. Yeah. So. Um, um, you knew uh, what uh, what Duke University had with Coach K and the legacy he created there. Mm-hmm. So that's really where I got my start. And um, since then, just the impact that you're able to influence and the connection you're able to have with student athletes, um, being able to really, um, it, you know, it's just there's no other industry like it that has mm-hmm. collegiate sports. There's nothing in the world. Yeah. And so ever since then, I've been a part of it, love it. And um, it's become more than just um, about college sports for us. Um, now that I'm at, at Grand Canyon University, it really yeah. is a passion about about sharing GCU's story and our mission. Mm, I love that, Jamie. And one thing that stood out to me in what you said is that you felt like the pro world didn't have the purpose you were seeking, and you gained that experience by actually stepping into positions within the sport industry. And so I love that, that you tried it out, you felt that it wasn't what you were looking for, and you found another direction. 
that fit better for what you were seeking. And you mentioned Duke University. You spent nearly six years at Duke, which really stands out to me. Uh, You climbed the ladder from compliance coordinator to assistant athletics director of compliance, so certainly you were doing a tremendous job. But so many young professionals are looking for that next job opportunity, and usually when they think of that next job opportunity, it's jumping from school to school, trying to be the person that climbs the ladder, gets new experiences. But what impact did it have for you to be at one university for such a long period of time and, and digging up roots there at Duke University? You know, I, I I see that as well, where you see a lot of kind of um, people wanting to just look for the next best thing. Mm-hmm. And I've never been one to, to do that. I've always been one to, you know, follow God's God's plan. Yeah. And I feel like he kind of moves you when you're ready to move. Um, but, you know, I really wanted to make an impact. Yeah. It's hard to make an impact when you're only at a place for for a year or two mm. years. And um, I think when you think about what impact you can make on the place you work for, the organization, the people, when it's more about than just about your career, mm. you really get more out yeah. of out of what you do every day. It, it, it doesn't become something that, you know, you just do to wake up and do. Mm. It's it's become, it comes, as you mentioned before, it becomes a purpose. Yeah. And so, you know, I was able to, I think staying there, um, getting more and more responsibilities, mm. um, understanding the bigger picture because mm-hmm. uh, when you start out as a kind of coordinator you're, you're really just working on one thing compliance but as yeah. you continue to move up and understand the bigger picture of the organization that's one re- one thing it really does is you learn to understand the things that matter outside of what you're what you're just doing so uh the bigger picture and i had an opportunity i remember this one time i was a, a compliance coordinator i was just starting out at Duke. And, you know, I thought I knew it all because I have this law degree. I know compliance. I yep. studied the book, you know, yep. and, um, and I was just focused on compliance. And I remember going through a situation where I made a mistake. I honestly did not do a great job. And mm. I remember um, Coach K, I'm sure he doesn't remember it, but it was so impactful for me. He pulled mm. me aside and said, hey, um, you know, you understand that anything that happens with um, the basketball program, it just doesn't affect the basketball program or athletics. This impacts the entire university. And he just had, gave me that kind of big picture understanding. But it was spending that time there, um, you know, kind of just growing into the role, mm. having great leaders around me, yeah. uh, really shaped me um, and uh, gave me appreciation, honestly, looking back at um, mm. at the people that did invest in me. So it makes me want to reinvest back in other people. Yeah. Uh, but but again, you know, you really learn a lot from growing um, into a role at the same at the same place. Yeah, I love that part of your story, Jamie. It, it just really is something you don't see quite as often, even with athletes, right? So often we see them in the transfer portal and, and not to judge each situation is different. But I think there is a ton of value, as we can see in your story, of digging up roots, staying in one place for as long as you feel the Lord has you there uh, and you making the best of it, right? And obviously Duke is a is a high profile athletic department. And I'm sure you learned quite a bit in that uh, during that time there. And I guess a good follow up, Jamie, is our listeners may be wondering, okay, you started as a compliance coordinator and somehow worked your way up to being the assistant AD of compliance, right? That's quite a quite a big jump. What did you do during your time at Duke to stand out and continue uh, being promoted and climbing the ladder? Um, a lot of it was building relationships, you know, compliance, you're never the, you're not like the fundraiser. You don't mm. go in and say, guess what? I just got a big donation for the program. Yeah. Usually you're going in and saying, Hey, 
you know, you need to work on this. You're not doing this right. Or you, yeah. you had a violation or you, you know, you can do this, but you can't do this. It's, mm. it's never a great conversation because yeah. <laughs> you're compliance. Yeah. Uh, but I really focused on having good relationships with the coaches, student athletes, and just people that were around Duke. Mm. Um, and so um, it, it was really the relationship building and the, the kind of being, trying to be a more positive kind of more positive compliance person if there's a such thing yeah. um but just building those relationships and, and networks with people there and um as i started to get more on my plate you know i did ask for more responsibility mm. and i would always ask for more responsibility before i asked for for a title change or, yeah. or anything yeah. like that and uh, but it was just growing out the department and growing with the people there i mean at, at the time i mean duke was also continuing to grow as an athletic department everyone mm. knows the um you know, knows the basketball program, but there were a lot of other programs there that were, you know, building and building as well. Mm. So growing with them, building the relationships, making sure people know that I, I cared. Yeah. Um, I remember one head coach, she called me, um, he said, you know, Jamie, you're always the administrator of, you're like the administrator of the people. <laughs> That's what he used to say about me. I, mean, I, I took that, that as the biggest compliment because it told me that he knew that I cared. Mm. Yeah. I love that, Jamie. And I love that you mentioned relationships. I think man, sports is, is a place where it can be tempting to be transactional and be thinking about, well, how is this going to benefit me? But sometimes I think we have to, especially as followers of Christ, look outside of ourselves and say, how can I have an impact on the people around me, even if it may not lead to a promotion, right? And so I love that you mentioned that. And then asking for more responsibility. I mean, right, stepping out of the comfort zone. How can I learn? How can I grow? How can I maybe do something I've never done before? And so uh, those are great learning points for our listeners. And doing that right now as young professionals, right, for our listeners is huge, uh, especially, right, when you may not be getting the responsibilities you want. Uh, asking for those, I, I think, could be a great way to really uh, build your resume and learn more about this industry. So I love that advice, Jamie, and a great testimony there. And, Jamie, your next stop on your journey through college athletics was Georgia State University. And, and from the outside looking in, right, people might say, well, that's kind of a step down, Jamie, right? You go from Duke to Georgia State. Those are different universities, different institutions. But what was your thought process in moving on from a university as high profile as Duke to a Georgia State that may not have that same high profile uh, title? So this this was another God move for me because I actually, so I met my husband when I was at Duke. He was mm. at the time an assistant baseball coach there and we had gotten married there. And I was, um, we were about to start a family. I didn't tell anyone to do at the time, but um, I decided that that time that I wanted to be a stay at home mom, um, you know, I really wanted to care for my, my first child. Yeah. So I actually took a step back from working and my husband was in agreement and, and took that step back, you know, with me and um, was, you know, supportive of me taking that step back. And mm. I was ready to stay home with my, with my son. Yeah. And um, a few months later, uh, I, after, I think after my son was born, I got a call about um, the opportunity at Georgia State. At that time, mm. we had moved to, um, to Georgia to be, um, to be in Dalton, Georgia, where my, my husband's from. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it was one of those things where my husband was like, I, you know, I, I want us mm. to move to Atlanta, um, yeah. and get into the city. And, I was completely content. Um, I loved being a mom. It's, it's a, mm -hmm. it's a blessing. Yeah. And, you know, but I felt like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and meet with Georgia state. And, mm. um, I ended up going there interviewing with them and, 
think I got the an offer to work there pretty uh, I think the same day that I interviewed so um, it was really you know something that we had to think about but I think it was God's will Hmm. for me to be back in the workforce again and so um, I decided to take that opportunity. And then, you know, it was also, a, it was a great opportunity because it was overseeing some areas that I had not overseen before. Mm. It, uh, and it was um, kind of higher uh, higher in the management role than I had been at Duke. I was on senior staff at Duke, but this was almost that like that next step yeah. up. Yeah. So it was, you know, maybe from a, um, you know, everyone knows the Duke brand. Mm. And at that yeah. time, Georgia State was a growing brand. I think mm. they've done an a cr- incredible job of, of continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also liked, being parts of things that that grow yeah um you know at duke there there was not really a, a built-out compliance department so i had the opportunity to build that this was also the opportunity to build something that was growing they were about to go from fcs to fbs so the mm. highest level of football yeah and um, i enjoyed being a part of things that are growing so um it was a great move for me it was god's plan and it was as always the right the right thing the right decision and i honestly learned so much about management from from there, mm-hmm. I worked for an athletic director. Her name was Cheryl Levick, mm-hmm. and she was one of the only one of only like two, I think, FBS female athletic directors at the wow. time. Wow! And uh, she's just really good at um, administration and at management. And I learned a lot about preparation mm-hmm. for her. So um, you know, God prepares you for your for every move. He does. So it was a great move. Um, I I I have I gained a lot out of my time there. Mm-hmm. And it gave me, you know, that break gave me some time with my with my son and my and my family. So everything mm-hmm. happened the way it was supposed to happen. I love that perspective, Jamie. I think it's important to remember that even with our careers, the Lord is in control of all of that. And, and we have to be willing to, to let go sometimes and trust His plan, His will. And I love that that was top of mind for you, even with being at home with, with your firstborn and then getting back into the workforce I think both of those being something that you felt God was leading you to is huge and a great learning point for our listeners. And then you mentioned as well that it was a position you had not been in before, and it gave you new opportunities to learn. I guess a follow-up question for our listeners as young professionals who are vetting new jobs or will vet new jobs in the future, what are some of the key things to look for in a new job position or job offer that uh, should always be considered when you're looking at those? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think um, to your, kind of what you referenced before, sometimes people just look at a, a name, a brand, mm, yeah. and that isn't necessarily always the right hmm. place, the right fit, uh, the right um, learning experience for you. You really have to, you know, make sure that it's the right fit. And it's something that really adds value to your mm. to your resume if, if you want to continue to move up. Yeah. Um, but fit is without question the most important thing. Mm. You know, sometimes people look at, you know, power five versus not power five, big name school versus kind of growing school. Mm. And the thing is this, um, I learned more from being at Georgia State and going from a school that was growing than probably than anywhere. And it was because you had to wear a lot of hats, yeah. um, a little bit of fewer resources. So you had to do a little bit more. Mm. Uh, when you're at schools that are very well resourced, you kind of get pigeonholed a little bit yeah. and um, you can't grow your experience as much as mm. you would. You become more resourceful with money. You just learn so much more of a skill set um, by being in those roles. So you have to really make sure that the opportunity you take is one that is going to help you grow. Um, and it's also that it, that it's a good fit for you. Mm. Um, but if you, I, I find that when you keep on having, you know, 
you know, well-resourced school, they're well-resourced school, they're well-resourced yeah. school. Sometimes you just don't get the opportunity to do that much mm -hmm. more that will help you grow personally. Yeah, it's a huge learning point for our listeners. I think for anybody getting into sports, right, there is that temptation to care about what logo is on your polo, right, of, of who, how big is the university, who is it, right, is it a, is it a Notre Dame, is it a U of, U of M, right, is it one of these schools that is well-renowned, and, you know, I think really you should never get into the industry to be in a really awesome position where you're working with a great school or with a great football team. Those things might come, but it's not guaranteed, right? So it has to come down to what's what's the reason of why you're getting into it. And then also what you said of when you're in these sometimes smaller institutions that are less resourced, you have more opportunity. And I think that's a great thing to consider for young professionals of, hey, you know, maybe the taking the route of going to a school that is less resourced could really benefit you in the long term. So great learning point there. And I love that that's something you mentioned. And Jamie, you joined Grand Canyon's athletic department in 2015 as the deputy athletic director before becoming the vice president of athletics, which is where you are now in 2021. How did you prepare yourself for the responsibilities and leadership that comes with the position as prominent as VP of athletics at a D1 institution? I was really fortunate that the transition was really smooth. And that's because the AD at the time, I thought he was very um, intentional about letting me run so many of the operations already. Mm. And I really appreciated that, that about them. He was never, you know, um, you know, it was never, no, this is my job and this is your job. It was always yeah. very much inclusive. And so that made the transition really smooth. The other thing is, you know, one of the great things about being at, at Grand Canyon, I mean, these are some of the smartest people I've ever, mm. I've ever met, you know, yeah. for, for the university to grow the way this has grown. Um, I was surrounded by people that are not just um, smart, but they're also very collaborative, very supportive. You know, it's very Christ-centered university. So um, as I stepped into the role, um, I was just surrounded by support. Mm. And, and that includes from our president. So so um, I felt prepared because I had so many good people around me yeah. and, and I, I don't want to by any means um, not mention the team that we already had in place, mm. you know, the staff that's here and that are still here. Um, they were just so good at what they do, mm. uh, work so hard, so loyal to the university, so committed to student athlete experience, so committed to our mission um, that they just made it easy. You know, we're only yeah. great because of the people here. Yeah. And so we have a lot of great people here. That's amazing, Jamie. I love that you pointed out that it really is the people you're with, right, who surround the athletic department. And, and one thing I thought of as you were sharing is a lot of these these things is, is becoming a leader, right, of a VP of, of athletics. The things that you have now, the skill sets, right, the talents, the, the experience, it's caught, not taught, right? Most of the time that, that's the case. What are some things that young professionals can do in the early part of their career to prepare to be leaders at some point within an athletic department or a team? Yep. And, you know, just regardless of title, you can be a leader at mm. any time. And I, I do feel like throughout my career, I was, I was someone that people would turn to. Um, and I think it was because um, they knew that ultimately my goal was to serve others. Mm. You know, it really has to be about others. It can't yeah. be about yourself. And, and that starts the second you start working. It doesn't start when you become a VP yeah. or when you become an athletic director, it starts as soon as you step into that role. Mm -hmm. And I think I've always held that mentality. I think people have known that, um, you know, it's always the best interest of 
the student athletes, the best interest of the department or the university, that was always the priority and not about what can I, you know, what can I do for myself? Mm. Um, but it's just that servant mentality. It's the Christ centered yeah. mentality that I think you need to start right away. Yeah. You know, it, it's really easy when you're young in a career to try to figure out what can I do next to move up? Yeah. But it really should be, what can I do to serve you? Mm. Yeah. Could not agree more, Jamie. I think that's right on point, right? Of we, we have to be focusing on the main thing, right? The foundation of our lives should be the foundation of how we approach our work. And that's having a foundation in Christ, but allowing that to make you a servant, right? Not expecting people to, to serve you or for someone that you're building a relationship with to actually get you a job, right? That may happen and that does happen oftentimes, but the focus should be on other people. So I love that. I love that response. And, you know, just as our young people are in these positions, right? You can be a leader, even as an intern, right? Even as, you know, whatever you're doing. I remember I was working as an intern with the Indianapolis Colts and I was in charge of 25 volunteers who came during uh, each day of practice to help out with training camp. And, and that was a chance for me to be a leader. So I think in any position, right, even as an intern, you can have a chance uh, to lead and practice for the opportunities uh, that you have now of, of being a leader down the line. So that's great. And Jamie, Grand Canyon has a, a very unique athletics journey going from an NAIA until the early 1990s uh, to competing at the D1 level since 2017. What has been unique about your role at GCU compared to your previous roles at Duke and Georgia State? Oh, very, very unique for sure. Um, you know, GCU is a unique place. Um, it was not that long ago. It was in the early uh, mid-2000s mid that we only had 900 students on campus and we were mm. on the verge of closing as university, you know, $20 million in debt. Mm. And that's when our current president, uh, Brian Mueller, came in. He brought his team. They really invested in this university, invested into technology, into campus, into people yeah. um, to help grow um, th this university to from 900 students to uh, where we are today, which is at 20, about 26,000 stu students on campus. Wow. Um, and so we are the largest uh, Christian university in the country. Mm. And, um, you know, from an athletic standpoint, um, we want to grow just as fast as the rest of the university. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, but I tell our, our staff, um, our team, gosh, what the university did uh, from a growth standpoint is kind of the equivalent of us like going to the final four in like yeah. five years. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so we're behind. So, so there's a couple of things. One is just kind of the, the um, uh, kind of aggressive growth that the university has experienced in, in, in a very positive way. I mean, mm. it, what the university does is so needed for this, for higher education industry. Um, and so we came in and said, we need to align with this, with the campus. Mm. We need to have the same blueprint, the same culture, the same, um, mission mm. as, as, as campus. And so that was one, um, but just the aggressive to being competitive and we've done a, a fair, fairly good job. We've won yeah. 58 championships since we've, we've, wow. uh, we've been division one. And, and wow. a lot of people say that's, that's a lot, that's a lot of success, but, um, not compared to what the university has done over the last mm. 10 years. Yeah. Uh, the second part is kind of just the why mm. the why has changed. And, um, and that's because of our mission here at Grand Canyon university. Um, our mission is, you know, we really transform the lives of students that come here mm -hmm. and you know this uh, better than anyone, but yeah. when you are really understanding um, God and, and, and Christ's sacrifice for us, it's transformational mm -hmm. and it's the fabric, his mission, um, the Christian mission is the fabric of who we are mm -hmm. at this university. And so 
you know, so rather than just being competitive, there's a why behind why we want to win. We are able to use the platform of athletics to tell the story of Grand Canyon University and share the mission of this university. Um, And so our why is more. It's more than just winning games. It's sharing the story of this amazing place that is transformational to the lives of so many students and so many families. That's awesome to hear, Jamie. And, and you talked about impact earlier in the episode, and I think that comes full circle now that you're at Grand Canyon in your home city, right, with a Christ-centered mission. That's really cool to hear in terms of your story. And, you know, for our listeners, right, sometimes winning is great, and winning can bring a lot of joy. And obviously, I'm sure you root for every GCU athletics team to win, but even if they don't, right, when you have a greater purpose, the job still matters, right? What you're doing still matters, and you can look past those, those losses or even those wins, right, and see the bigger reason as to why you're going to work every day. So I love that, that, that part of what GCU is all about. And you mentioned, obviously, GCU has a very uh, strong Christian foundation, and that's unique to the other two universities you were at. So just share, share with us what has been the biggest difference about working at GCU as a Christ follower as compared to the previous roles that you had. I think um, Grand Canyon University is different than any probably university in, in probably the country. No Maybe there's a couple that are, are similarly similar to us, but um, you know we are very collaborative. We are all rowing in the same direction, mm-hmm. and 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 that direction is Christ. It's mm. we are Christ centered, yeah. and you can see it the second you walk onto campus. Uh, you've been to our campus. You kind of have it's a amazing. feel for it. But everyone understands, um, and you know, decisions that are made, business decisions, um, s- decisions about everything that we do mm. goes back to: um, Are we centered on our students, and are we centered on Christ? Mm. Uh, there's not a lot of fighting, yeah. battling yeah. Um, on campus, and and for an organization, any large organization, and universities are large organizations. That's yeah. really rare. Yeah. Um, but everyone here knows our why. Hmm. Uh, the vision of President Mueller, his Christ-centered mission, this, this, the mission of this university, it's understood the second you walk on campus. Yeah. And if you're kind of not understanding when you first get hired, you understand immediately. Hmm. And so just the fact that you have a campus of, you know, 25, 26,000 students of 7,000 employees and everyone gets it. Yeah. 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 For any large organization, that's Amazing. really rare. And so um, it's truly been, um, it's been transformational for me to be here. Mm. It's, uh, and I think our, our teams, our coaches, our students will tell, will say the same thing, but it really is a unique place. And it, it's one that I'm very uh, proud to be a part of. Mm. It really just shows what the Lord is doing right through athletics at GCU. And, and just so encouraged that there is that Christ-centered foundation. And really that that's not the case at, at every university, right? That can be something that young people are, are challenged with as believers is, well, how can I, how can I live out my faith, but I'm not at a Christian school. And, and you, you've had experience with that, right. Of, of being a believer at a, a non-Christian institution. So what were some of the ways you lived out your faith in your previous roles, despite the fact that those schools weren't exactly as Christ-centered as GCU is? Yeah. And, and your point is good. And it's almost, it's almost hard um, for, um, believers to be and act out their faith at, yeah. um, at other institutions. And it's, it's, oh, no. it's sad. It, it's why it's become so important for GCU to, to really share our story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think ultimately, um, we can, we can share our faith and, um, act out our faith in every mm-hmm. interaction we have with people, yeah. with others, 
in everything we do. Mm. You know, it's, it's you know, um, even in a ma- example in the management role, um, you know, we're a performance-based industry. You have to produce results. You have yeah. to think about, you know, you, you get to know your coaches and you don't ever want to fire anyone. But if someone has a losing record over three years, you know, yeah. um, you have to uh, you have to make some changes, but you can do it with empathy Mm. Uh, you can do it um, knowing that you have a relationship with the people that you work with that they you care about them and that you're going to ultimately be there for them and and find a find a way to serve them in another another capacity whether it's helping them find another opportunity which um, I've I've done um, and just making sure they know that you you care it's it's in your Mm. actions it's it's in your heart it's it's showing um it's it's showing God's way through your hands, your feet, your actions, and your mm-hmm. words. So um, you might not be able to be outwardly uh, expressive about faith, but you can with your actions. And I think mm-hmm. that's probably even just as powerful, right? Yeah. Uh, to to be like Christ in it as, as much as you can. We never will be, but to be as much as you can and, and kind of show that in your actions to others. I uh, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more, Jamie. And I think the actions are really what make us Christian, right? Obviously, we do stand on a foundation of beliefs, and, and that's what drives a lot of our actions. But as you were talking, I thought of the story of Jesus's parable of the Good Samaritan, right? And uh, a, a, a Pharisee asked Jesus, what does it mean to love your neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus gives this story of a, a man who was robbed and beaten and left on the side of the road. And there's three people that come down the path. The first two ignore the man in need, and the last who was the Samaritan uh, helps him, right? Gives him a place to stay, cleans up his wounds, uh, helps him kind of get back on his feet. And Jesus says, that's the man that loved the neighbor. So it was the actions, right? It wasn't just the beliefs, uh, which obviously are important too, but it's those actions that really speak uh, to who Christ is and, uh, to those around us. So great example and couldn't agree more, right? If you're in one of these institutions that doesn't allow you to speak up on some things, live it out. And I think that'll that'll speak louder at the end of the day. So well said, Jamie. Right. And Jamie, I learned two fun facts about you in my research for this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the first is that you're the first female athletic director at Grand Canyon, which is incredible. It's an awesome, awesome fact. And the second is that you were one of four Asian American athletic directors at the Division One level. Mm-hmm. What challenges have you faced as a woman and a minority working in college athletics? You know, I've been very fortunate. I was very fortunate to grow up in a household and be surrounded in an environment where um, there was not my race or my you know gender was never an obstacle. It was never mm. seen as one. My family, my parents always challenged me. It was never yeah. you need to be the hardest working. Uh, you never you need to be the hardest working um, female. It's always you need to be yeah. the hardest working person. Yeah. Um, or yeah. you need to. And it was always you need to figure out a way how to help others. You know, mm. it was never it was never an obstacle. So, you know. <laughs> Being in a in an industry that's primarily um, dominated by males, yeah. um, I honestly never focused on it. Mm. Um, did I go through some challenges? Um, maybe. I mean, there were some people that question your knowledge of sports. Just mm. you know, I I remember telling someone that you know I passion is sports. I that's why I want to work in the sports industry. And uh, his first tendency was he said, "Well." A lot of women say they like sports, but they don't really like sports. They don't really know sports. And he started to question me on my knowledge of sports. Mm. He said, well, who's the, who was the, what college did Jason Kidd go to? And I said, Cal, you know, <laughs> you uh, know what you're talking about. Right? Fi- yeah. 1993 yeah, yeah. finals, Phoenix Suns versus Bulls. Who, who had the winning shot game six for 
for the Bulls. And I was like, well, you know, first of all, if you grew up in Phoenix, you still remember that game because it mm. still hurts us a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I said, it's John Paxson. So I had to like prove myself. Um, but I didn't ever take that personally. Um, I didn't find it offensive. Mm. You know, I, I think people, regardless of race or whatever, people face challenges yeah. and we're going to face challenges. Yeah. And so um, I always saw challenges as opportunities, ways to learn, ways to mm. grow. Um, and for any one person that maybe was challenging because of my race or gender, there was another person that was supportive no matter what. Yeah. And I chose to focus on the supportive person. So mm. I think, you know, growing, going through the industry, um, just having honestly just an attitude of gratitude yeah. for being in the position that I was in. And, you know, I think people would love to face the challenges that I faced just yeah. to be in the position that I was yeah. in or have been in. Yeah. Um, so I, I think just those things, um, not, not making excuses, mm. um, always focusing on the positive. Those are the things that kind of helped me grow into this career. And so I don't really, everyone has challenges. Yeah. Uh, we just have to make sure that we figure out how to make those challenges opportunities. Mm. And obviously that mindset has worked out very well for you. So I, I love that. And, you know, certainly that's that's great advice because regardless, right? I mean, obviously there are challenges that come with every circumstance and every uh, individual's journey, um, but you have to focus on those positive things that are that are in your in your life in your career, and, and allow those to be what propels you forward. And I even love what you said too of you surrounded yourself with those who were supportive. And I think at, at times, right, you may have people that are not quite as supportive of what you're doing or your work but you always have people that are in your corner. So keeping a good circle around you, having good community is going to be a catalyst to you really enjoying your career, right? But also having success in that. So great advice. And it is really- well, I, do, I do have one piece of advice though for the, for, for I think it's both for women and men. Yeah, yeah. The challenges of being a woman, I never thought about. What is challenging is being a working mom, regardless mm. of your industry. And um, I what I hear a lot of is, I don't know if complaining is the right word, but um, kind of just um, maybe it is complaining, but some complaining that, you know, hey, it's hard for working moms. You know, we have to do X, Y, and Z. Mm. And I've always said this, being a mom is the biggest blessing God has given us. Yeah. You know, we are the only ones that can be, can be moms. And so as challenging, as time-consuming, as hard, as stressful as it may be to be a working mom, mm. we have to always remember that, the blessing of being a mom is yeah. probably the biggest blessing that that, that we could have. So I just encourage um, not just women, um, but even you know the the fathers out there, just mm. parents yeah. that are working to to just always keep in mind how how much of a blessing it is mm. to to be able to have a family um, and and to work at the same time. It's hard, yeah. but they're, they're blessings. Huge blessing, huge blessing. Families are one of the, the institutions God has made, right? Without us really choosing that. I always think about in just a small thing of the family you're born into, you know, you don't choose that, right? And so that those are your people God has given you, right? Uh, sometimes for better or for worse, but that's a, it is a blessing uh, nonetheless. And it's a great transition, Jamie. My next question was, you have a lot of responsibility at work, right? You are the vice president of athletics at a D1 institution that is thriving, but you're also a wife and a mother of two children. How do you find a healthy work-life balance? I feel like from an outsider's perspective and a, and a young man that doesn't have any kids, that would be very challenging. So how do you find that good work-life balance? 
I'm, I'm going to be honest with all all the, the your listeners and that there yeah. isn't truly mm. a balance. Mm. Um, you have to make decisions every day on what to prioritize mm -hmm. and you have to be intentional about quality time with on both the work side and with your family. Um, and, it, and, and, and typically the, the sacrifice that's made is typically the family. Yeah. Um, so having a supportive spouse yeah. um, that really yeah. uh, is, is willing to um, just be your partner truly in, in your work. Mm. Um, you know, my husband's an 82, right? We're the 80s together. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, but having that understanding, and this is where I also go back to fit. Um, we, being at a Christian university, it is very family oriented here. Um, the the understanding of how important the family unit is, it, it's just understood here um, at Grand Canyon University, and so and it, that doesn't happen everywhere. Mm -hmm. But you, if if it is a priority, and it should be a priority to 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 have, I wouldn't say balance, but be able to prioritize when needed. Um, then it's really critical to find a place that mm. that really values family as, as much as you do. Yeah, without a doubt, Jamie. And, and I, I had a leader in my life once say, he was a basketball coach at the D1 level, that when you take on a career in sports, it's not a balance, it's a lifestyle. And you yes, have to have a yeah. good team around you that, right? A family team, a, a friend's team that comes around you in that. And I remember too, people that, that I trusted and that were good leaders in my life during sports that had families, they would bring them around their work. And I think that's another way that, that I think you would agree with where if you include them in what you do, it's going to be a lot easier and more enjoyable for everyone. So uh, it's that's a great right. point. And, and I, I give you a ton of kudos for doing what you do and balancing that. And I'm sure it's tough at times, but I'm also sure that you do a great job at it. So uh, I appreciate, appreciate, I appreciate the work that you do. Got a lot of support around here. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing to have, Jamie. It's a great thing to have. And my last question, Jamie, is all of our listeners aspire to be successful in this industry. So what advice would you have for them as they continue pursuing careers in both college athletics or just athletics in general? I, I go back to the same thing that I say, and it has to be about serving others. Mm. You know, people say networking and networking, networking. And yes, knowing people is important, but relationships are much more important than networking and they're not the same thing. And you build relationships by being genuinely and authentically willing to serve others uh, and it's, it's it's for any industry and i think um when you do that people want to help you too so mm -hmm. as people you know your colleagues your peers you guys move up together athletics is such a small industry and you move up together yeah. and then when you find that you have that that um core of people mm -hmm. um who are your people um you know, you rise together. Mm -hmm. And then when you rise together, you remember to continue to serve those around you, serve those that you that work for you, and mm -hmm. of course, serve those above you. Um, so it's just that constant mentality of service that really mm -hmm. um, is critical in any industry, but especially as small as, as the athletics industry is. No doubt. No doubt, Jamie. I, I always think of the word Jesus or the this verse from uh, Jesus when, when he says that I, the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So if the highest being in all creation, right, the, the son of the living God uh, can serve, then, then we most definitely should be serving as well as his followers. So great advice, Jamie. And, and thank you so much for your time. Uh, certainly a lot of our listeners look up to you as someone that's a leader in this industry. You certainly are. And we pray that you'll continue to be that in your role at Grand Canyon. Thank you. Appreciate this. Uh, enjoyed the time. Enjoyed connecting with you and yeah. really appreciate the work that you are doing yeah. in the industry. 
If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at UncommonSG.org. That's UncommonSG.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every other week on Thursdays at midnight Eastern Time. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next time.